Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Wow, our next guest is extremely gifted, world renowned, really. Described in terms of her, a, her in her specialty. She's described as a modern day Indiana Jones. My goodness. I just watched Raiders of the Lost Ark with Brendan the other night. It was <laughs> it was every bit as good uh, 30 or I guess almost 40 years later. But uh uh, why don't we bring on uh, uh, the good doctor? Dr. Tina Greenfield is a zoo archaeologist who has worked on archaeological sites in Canada, Europe, Israel, South Africa, and Turkey, and she is from the University of Manitoba. She joins us live on 680 CJOB. Dr. Greenfield, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me. And the reason why we have you here is earlier this week, you gave a talk regarding destroying antiquities and explaining ISIS. And this is probably something that not a lot of people think about, but it really is, I would imagine, kind of a, a scary and, and sad thing, that a sad side effect of what is happening with the Islamic State. Yes, I mean, you're absolutely correct. Um, and while we should be focusing, obviously, on the humanitarian um, devastation that is happening right now, um, you're right. A collateral effect of this is that there is a massive destruction of cultural heritage and archaeological sites that is going on in the Middle East right now, primarily in Syria and Iraq. Now, when I think back to middle school and I think back to Don DeLay's social studies classes, we used to talk about Babylon and Mesopotamia as kind of being the cradle of civilization. You are absolutely correct. Good memory, actually. It, uh, it's still a grade eight course in um, the schools right now, and it is the cradle of civilization. Ancient Mesopotamia is where we have the earliest cities the earliest evidence of writing, which thereby turns into the earliest evidence of poetry and music and mathematics. It really is the place that starts the foundations for later empires such as Greece and Rome. It's where it happens. And so when I talk about the destruction happening, it actually is... um, all the more devastating because it relates to the foundations of the modern world. Um, so we all have a vested interest in trying to protect and preserve them. Now, are they are, are these things that are getting destroyed, or is it just sort of collateral damage in, in their fight, or are they targeting a lot of these temples? That's an excellent question. Unfortunately, um, what most people don't realize is that ISIS, or Islamic State, Um, is very calculated in what they are doing in terms of the destruction of archaeological sites and cultural heritage. It is very calculated in terms of setting out um, propaganda and visual representations of the devastation that is happening, meaning on YouTube or um, out to the global news. And it is very calculated in the sites they are picking and exactly what type of devastation they are doing. For what? example, let's go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, you go ahead, please. <laughs> For example, one of the tenets of Islamic State is that they would like to wipe out the idolatrous civilization that is occurring right now in the modern-day Middle East. And by that, they mean any 
visual representation across the landscape that would be in contrast to their religious ideology. So that is any statues, any manuscripts, any archaeological sites that they believe um, are ancient and idolatrous and should not be a part of the modern-day Islamic State and its population. So, so quite literally, they are trying to wipe out history, not only in terms of physically destroying these things, but any reminders that any of these things had ever taken place. Is that fair to say? That is exactly correct. It is a way to disenfranchise the modern population that is there from its cultural heritage. If it's not visible in the landscape, if they're not being taught this in schools, it is easier to wipe out the historical significance of this and try and, so to speak, retrain the population into Islamic State's ideology. So it's very much a part of the process of them wiping out the historical memory of the current population. Now you're you're described uh, as your work being in or your work is in involves saving the cultural heritage of Iraq and Syria. When you sort of got into this line of work, did you imagine that you would be having to do this to try to maintain cultures from disappearing? Um, Part of the premise of archaeology is always trying to um, recover as much information as you possibly can from archaeological sites. However, one does not imagine that you're doing it as a race against time because the potential of it being destroyed is eminent. So, no, I didn't think that I would actually um, get into uh, archaeology for this reason. Um, It just ended up that I started working after a very long time in Turkey, in Iraqi Kurdistan, right at the time that Islamic State was starting to have its upsurge. So it just sort of ended up as part of the process in doing archaeology there. So we have to ask you, have you been in in danger yourself in in doing this work over the last several years? Well, thankfully not. I've been on excavations um, that have been cut short, specifically in 2014, along with several other international teams, where it just wasn't safe. It was too unpredictable to continue um, working in Kurdistan. Um, And so, yes, we had to leave Unexpectedly, I've had colleagues um, from other universities in other countries that have been airlifted to make sure that, you know, their escape routes were insured. Um, But for the most part, uh, we are very well informed and we are working in the far eastern reaches of Kurdistan, not on the western part. So we're not as close to Islamic State as people would like to believe. Dr. Tina Greenfield is an archaeologist at the University of Manitoba and is world-renowned, described as a modern-day Indiana Jones. What do you think of that description, by the way, Dr. Greenfield, modern-day Indiana Jones? Um, I'm not so sure. I think almost anybody who's in archaeology um, has a passion for it and absolutely adores what they do. It's a difficult discipline, and you have to love working in very difficult conditions. And, you know, I grew up as well watching the Indiana Jones movies and thinking that was going to be me. So 
I find myself extremely fortunate to be able to be working in such a magnificent place as the Middle East on such incredible cultures. So um, if that's the title that gets me sort of open doors into this world, then I will happily take it. So tell us about your route, your 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 journey to this vocation and where did you grow up and at what point did you <laughs> tell your parents, uh, yeah, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up? Well, funny enough, I'm actually a Winnipegger, native born, so happy that it all started here and I've actually returned back to the University of Manitoba where I um, now am working and based out of when I took my MA here and my BA here. So the route actually started with me going on field schools based out of the University of Manitoba to places like Serbia, right actually in 1991 when all the difficulties were happening there. Wow. I since, since then moved on to working in different countries such as South Africa and Israel. But in 2000, I was asked to work on a spectacular site in southeastern Turkey that was part of the Assyrian Empire. Now, a lot of people have heard about the Babylonian Empire. The Assyrian Empire is actually the first true empire in the world, and it is from Mesopotamia. And so that became a real passion of myself, and I decided to go to the University of Cambridge to study and do my PhD there and continue working in Turkey. And then I found myself having a lot of opportunities moving into Kurdistan and southern Iraq, actually, um, based on my specialty of studying um, ancient animal bones, but also because I was studying the Assyrian Empire. So this is actually a little bit um, touching home for me because specifically in Iraq, most of the devastation has happened to the palaces and the cities and the temples of the Assyrian Empire. And I was never able to actually get to see these places before the devastation began. Well, it's got to so, be that's got to be heartbreaking to you know realize that some of these things will never be seen again. That they've really been lost forever. We were talking correct. the other day, I guess it was Tuesday, about dream jobs, and just last week we were doing uh, taking some phone calls on favorite teachers. And since you're from growing up in Winnipeg, have you got a favorite teacher that inspired you back, maybe in uh, junior high or earlier here in Winnipeg? You know, I don't know if I specifically have a favorite teacher, but I was lucky enough to go to St. Mary's Academy. And it was at a time, and it still is, where they really push young women to reach for the stars, so to speak, to choose vocations that aren't necessarily part of the norm. And so I had several different teachers that conjured up incredible stories of the history of Europe and the history of Mesopotamia. And when I would go and speak to them, they would encourage me to do things in university, study things that I was passionate about. So, you know, I think growing up in the environment at St. Mary's Academy allowed me to actually be in a comfort zone and be in a supportive environment to do what I wanted to do, even though it was sort of very much outside of the uh, traditional sort of disciplines that one would study. 
Well, and the, you certainly have reached for the stars in the sense that you're a bit of a globetrotter. With you mentioned your path of where you've studied and where you've worked, and I see that uh, while we were looking for information on you, uh, we found uh, because earlier this week you did a, a lecture at St. Paul's College regarding your archaeological digs in the Middle East, but we also found one from the University of Alabama Huntsville. I think you've spoken there. Uh, yeah. So is this a, a regular habit of yours where you go to various spots in the world to give lectures? Well, the Huntsville one, I actually was very lucky. I was nominated to be part of the Archaeological Institute of America on their lecture tour for 2016 and 2017, going to different cities in the U.S. and Canada to talk either about my research or to talk about um certain aspects of archaeology, just like the talk about responding to ISIS and and saving cultural heritage. So quite often I do actually travel giving lectures and and meeting with colleagues, and um, I'm actually part of several different projects right now, some based in Cambridge and some based at the British Museum. So I do travel a lot, yes. Absolutely, absolutely fascinating. We're so lucky to call you one of our own, and we want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to to visit with us today, Tina. Thank you for this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Please be safe in all that you do. Thank you so much. I will. Dr. Tina Greenfield, zoo archaeologist at the University of Manitoba. And once again, uh, just earlier this week, she spoke at St. Paul's College as part of their lunchtime conversation series describing her archaeological digs in the Middle East where the Islamic State, ISIL, ISIS, internationally destroying antiquities in support of its fundamentalist religious views and her work involves saving the cultural heritage of Iraq and Syria. It's 2.20 on 680 CJOB. Mackling and McGarry, your forecast is up next. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.